the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hey everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester along with Paul Peck. We're from BuffaloSportsPage.com and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. Today we're talking about the Mets big trade. He's so happy we can start with a baseball trade. Yeah, well, Maybe. I don't mind happy about the trade. <laughs> Mets big trade, the future of the Packers now that they've uh, canned the coach, and the contract signed by Nylander for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what does that I mean? What does that mean for the future yeah. with big guys like Matthews and Marner coming up for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the salary cap in the NHL? Those are some topics we're going to cover, and probably with and some, some questions from uh, from yeah. some of the social media followers as well, too. So I got a question, and I, I should have tweeted at you, Mike. What the hell are the Mets doing? <laughs> well. It's, Apparently, it's, you're it's, not it's all valid. that excited about this it's, trade, are you? It's, I'm not super excited, um, but I, I do understand it to a certain degree. I've had plenty of conversations here you know, with friends, family, colleagues, and whatnot, because obviously I'm all in on the Mets, you know, whether they're doing this or not. But I, I, here, here's the deal. I, I mentioned this a few episodes ago when we, we've discussed the, the offseason with a bunch of teams. The Mets are sort of stuck right now, right? They're stuck in cement because they've had two to three years of really bad free agencies. And, you know, it, maybe it looked good on paper. They certainly overpaid to get a few of these big guys in in terms of Cespedes and Todd Frazier and, and Jay Bruce. And now they're stuck. And obviously the David Wright injury situation puts everything, you know, you know the payroll in peril just from the get-go. So those are sort of the names that you, you look at at this payroll and you understand what this new GM had to do. Step one of this process was going to be, we got to get some of these contracts off of our payroll so that we can move forward. I, I, I have to say this, if... If you don't have a Cespedes on this payroll, right? If his gigantic $75 million contract isn't on this payroll, they're probably ripping it down right now. They're probably trading Syndergaard, trading DeGrom, and ripping it down to, to, to youth, you know, and, and, and starting back into the Houston Astros situation where they're, you know, looking international, looking for draft picks, things like that, and sort of rebuilding from there. Be, because not only is this move for Cano and a closer aggressive, but... This is a team that maybe out of the gate is fourth in their division, <laughs> right? Yeah, they might be ranked even even right now, even after this move, they might be ranked fourth in in terms of the preseason in the NL East. We know what the Phillies are about to do. The Braves already got better, and they were probably the favorites. And I, th- I think the Nationals are still ahead of them right now. So, and they've done really nothing outside of getting themselves a catcher. So, it's aggressive, but it's aggressive maybe with no. No end game, right? This might be this, this might just be we, we aggressive need, to be aggressive and make some headlines. At least what they've done is they've they've addressed two positional needs right out of the gate. Is it the smartest way to do it? No. I mean they're paying hundred million dollars for Robinson Cano at the back end of his career after a PED suspension. So you know I don't think I need to say any more bullet notes there. Um, but they did get a guy who had fifty seven saves. Last I went year. to GNC. I didn't know what I was in there. Yeah, right. Anyhow, there's ten or eleven things on the Rolodex you could say at any point. Um, they did get a guy who had 50-plus saves last year, and he's under team control for four years. If Edwin Diaz works out you know, for the next two to three years, you're paying minimal money for a legitimate closer. Not enough can be said about that. That's, that's everything in baseball right now. So if, if, if he works out, he's certainly the piece to look at for everything here in terms of the Mets. If he, why, if he works out, that's going to be you know, somewhat worth it. Why did the Mariners do this? The Mariners, the Mariners did well here. They want to get rid of Cano. They did money. well. Yeah, they dumped okay. they dumped Cano. Yes, they're taking on Jay Bruce at twenty six million over the next two years, but Jay Bruce can still play. 
You know, he, he's having injury issues, and he can't play. Like, he's not the best defensive outfielder in the world right now. Let's just put it that way. Um, but he's going to play. So He can uh, DH ta- if they need him to, right? He can, he can DH, yeah. except for they just traded for Carlos Santana, who yeah. is probably going to be the full-time DH. So they're, they're collectively, the Seattle moves are a little bit, you know, maybe maybe all the pieces don't fit just yet. I'm pretty sure they're just trying to tank at this point. I really do. <laughs> I, they're taking on other people. They had a really good year last year. Though. They were great. They Was were great. Did they max out they any, have everything a, they could last year? They and have they didn't one, get them the one of the most fun GMs in baseball, though. This this Depoto guy. He he's sort of like the uh, the fantasy guy who you know when he loses the first two weeks of the year, he just rips his team apart. <laughs> he's that guy. You know what I mean? Like he, sure. You can just see he he he's always sitting on his hands and he's ready to do something. So I, I get that he's made gigantic moves right out of the gate here. I just think maybe it's going to take some time to sort of meld and get together. There's some positional, you know, issues out there. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm guessing they still want to move guys like D. Gordon and Kyle Seager. I, I would guess they don't. They don't fit the model going forward. But in terms of this Cano yeah, trade, what about Ichiro and Edgar Martinez? Though, what are they doing with those guys? Uh, they're watching them go to the Hall of Fame eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. By the way, Edgar Martinez book coming. That's going to be something to look into with all the, uh, the the teammates he's had over the years right. those fun years. That's, that's, that's an underrated guy. Like so that. this is the first big move by the new Mets yeah. GM, who is a former agent. So Speaking of, by the way, tidbit, fun fact, guess who he also was a former agent of? Robinson Cano. Ah, there you he go. He signed so, this $120 million contract. So I was going to so. ask you what's what's our sense of, of his <laughs> role here. There's a shocker. Here's, huh? here's how the deal went down. All right, I'll make a deal with you, but you maybe signed this guy to this yeah. contract. You're taking it back. That's right. That's, that's right. Uh, Don't you think that would have come up look, somewhere? It's all... That's awful. So what's the sen- what's the sense? What's the take on the, the first moves here by a, a somewhat out-of-the-box hire at GM? <laughs> I get it. I get it. He, okay. he, he addressed the Jay Bruce and the Anthony Sporzak deals as we can't have these anymore, right? Every team has one of those, at least one of those contracts right now where they're like, we got to get out of this contract. Those were, those were two, you know, I, he probably wants to move Frazier if he can. He's not probably not going to be able to. Um, that's just a one-year hit for him. But the, look, at he, he, he identified there were five, you know, massive contracts that, that weren't turning into production on the field. He's gotten rid of two of them. He, look at Cano's not going to be nothing here. You know, yes, it's a hundred million over yeah, five years, but even after he came back to the suspension, he hit like three twenty. Sure, I mean he's not going to bash you know fifty home runs anymore, especially it's not without next, cheating. But. It's not. It, it, listen, my, my um, dislike of it is not next year. No, it's no, three years from now. Uh, it's even two years from now, and and I just I look at the team and I'm like, you know, you're trading what may have been the top prospect in the draft last year. Yeah. For a guy like they're not doing, they're not going anywhere next year. They they, gave not, up, they don't look like they're going anywhere. The, the, the youth they gave up here is concerning, right? They gave up their number one pick last year. They gave up their number one pick from 2016. They gave up a, a flame throwing pitcher in Bautista, who you know he he has control issues, but that could be something that, especially if like a middle reliever, he he becomes something big. So obviously you had to give the get here, um, but I, I just think the 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 moral of this story is we've got Jacob Degrom for one more year, and we got to go all in here. Right, this is it. This is our hail mary. We've already got these guys signed. Right, Cespedes is getting paid twenty five million, whether he's hurt or you know golfing or whatever he's doing. Right. Um, so let's just do this. Right. Let's let's get rid of some of the fat. Let's bring in something, somebody who maybe we can you know resurrect a career from Cano and have it have a two to three year run where this thing works out. Uh, it, it's questionable across the board. Every move here is questionable. But like I said, the guy to look at at this deal is Edwin Diaz. If he's le- a legitimate closer, if he can mimic what he did last year in Seattle in the National League, which is even, you know, a better role for a closer, 
if he can do what he did there for the next two to three years, the Mets are going to have a chance because they they may trade Syndergaard, but they still have three legitimate starting pitchers. Um, add Cano to the, to the Cespedes and, and the Confortos, and, and, and there are some guys who can put together some, some streaky hitting. Um, I just think they're looking up at the Annalise right now. That's yeah, the problem. <laughs> but you expect more moves for the Mets. I don't think a ton. I, I think maybe Syndergaard gets moved, and maybe that's the way they replenish these youth, the youth they just gave up to some degree. Certainly teams have been interested in Syndergaard, um, you know, for obvious reasons, and, and the Mets could look to part with him as, you know, they're not going to be able to pay everybody here. So let's, excuse me, let's get to a, a point of value for Syndergaard now where we can get maybe a first-round pick or so back. Um, they did give up a lot, though, and that concerns me going forward, like you said, for two to three years where they may need to, to pull from their, their minor league system, and, it, and it's going to be somewhat depleted at this point. All right, speaking of depleted, the Green Bay Packers yeah. are a depleted football team, and Mike McCarthy pays the price for some missed kicks, right? I mean, yeah. let's face it, some kicks uh, go in. I don't know. I don't, do you think winning would have solved this? No, it feels like, it feels like, like they, this it feels was like they the were, it, it, and, and all the reasons cited by the president, Mark Murphy, for making this move was he, he basically said he compared it to Andy Reid. Yeah. It, just it was time. He had run his course as the Packers you know, uh, head coach, and, and that's not to diminish anything that he had done before, and while I'm sure the Aaron Rodgers rift was part of it, I get it. Andy Reid had run his course in Philly, and he moved on to be successful somewhere else. And Mike McCarthy will likely do the same thing. Cleveland wouldn't shock me if that's where he goes as well, too. But it just felt like in the in the day and age of coaches in sports where you maximize the four years or so you get out of them, and then by then people get stale, and that it, it was time. It was time to go, and it certainly uh, accelerated a little bit by some bad decisions that they had made sticking with some players too long and if Aaron Rodgers isn't happy and it didn't appear like he was that ultimately is yeah okay it's time it's time to make a move yeah I, I agree a lot about winning cures everything and if they can get to the playoffs I think that you know winning cures things here he wasn't you know Rodgers wasn't happy with Van Pelt uh, yeah. You know, being canned, Alex right. Van Pelt. Right. And, you know, certainly, you know, that started some things. And then getting mm -hmm. the money. Listen, McCarthy knew, right? I mean, once Rodgers gets the contract, and even before the contract, you know, he, he, the draw is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and Rodgers no wasn't happy it. they got rid of Jordy Nelson, and there were a couple other things. But, you know, again, that's not your job, Aaron. You know, I mean, it. you know, it, the Jordy Nelson thing has been – he's done nothing in, in Oakland. So, so obviously, they felt like he had reached the end of his rope, whether Aaron Rodgers liked it or not. And this is a dangerous – um, road to go down when you have a influential star player who thinks he can now be the GM and the coach when he should just be the player and it, it's a Wait, difficult situation. Wait, let me get in here. I'm yeah. going to disagree with everything you just said. Go. <laughs> that maybe that maybe that's the case 15 years ago, but that's not where we are right now. That's not football right now. Football Brady is is the is the reason to bring this up, and it, it's not just that the quarterbacks are phenomenal and they should have the respect that they deserve. It's there's a, there's clearly a system that works for quarterback, right? And there was a system for a long time in green Bay that worked for Aaron Rodgers, And they started to pluck that away. They took it away from him piece by piece. And this year they, they took away his coach and his star receiver. And they did that in a matter of two weeks. And to me, that was just the last straw, right? It's fine in, in new England because they've proven to Tom Brady that they are conscious enough of the system to be able to replace. 
right? Well, well they still so have So we can star. take out X and put in Y. Well, they still have the guy. It's Gronk. Maybe. But they're still doing okay, even though Gronk's playing about 11 yeah, minutes for, per a, season Gronk's right now. Gronk's a shell of himself. It's a, it's, to me, it's more evolved than that. To me, it's we know the slot receiver position is. We know the deep threat. Right. We, we know exactly what kind of athletes we need to fit the role because the system is in place. And, and to me, when they started to, to break apart the system in Green Bay, and that's coaching in front so office. So why? Why they, did they, they just, do it then? They did just make a GM change. And, it's a, right. and it was a big GM change. It went from completely conservative and we're, we know what we need and we're not going to overpay for it. And my foot is down on that. To a more youthful, you know, exuberant guy who maybe aggressive, maybe maybe a little ego, who put himself above the system and got them in trouble. And we're here. I think this may be the downfall of a front office issue that trickled down. And Aaron Rodgers is sort of the scapegoat for that. And I think I disagree with that take. I think Aaron Rodgers should be the superstar in this situation because he is the reason the system works, right? And if there's a system that has worked with him for six years. Why are we going away from it? Yeah, I just I because think because we're only going more towards a passing I, game. I here. just think it's dangerous to to make Aaron Rodgers your director of player personnel. But how? But how, how is it dangerous? This guy is because a because he doesn't necessarily player. always know that, that he's um, clouded by his emotions not, and his friendships. I, I, I boy, I, I'll tell you what it. I, I think Rodgers is savvy enough to know what he needs to yes. be successful. Um, and who he wants to throw the football to. And, and matter of fact, Witten was just talking about this the other night in Monday Night Football, how Ertz and Wentz, uh, how they're best buddies, and he goes how he and Romo had that connection and how they talk about stuff all the time. Like, hey, this, this play will work. You know and this works. Any office, yes. any office space. You know what I mean? If, right. if you're friendly with somebody... The yeah, work, you can the gang up and stab people in the back. Sure. You know, it, right? <laughs> but but in, just in terms of more football sense... You know Aaron Rodgers watches these games like we do, you know, the games yeah. he's not playing in, and he sees a guy like Josh Gordon who drops into a Patriots offense, and he's just a guy who knows how to sit into his own, a guy who knows not to go left instead of right. He just he has a sense for his position and his role, and whether that's been coached him in New England or it's just something he's always known out of college, those are the guys that, that Aaron Rodgers wants on this team, and he's, he doesn't have them. Jordy Nelson was that guy. Jordan Nelson maybe passes prime, but Jordan Russell knew when to cut off a curl route at the right time, you know. And those are the little things that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have right now. He's got a monster in Devontae Adams. He's got a decent running back in Aaron Jones, but we you need four more weapons in this in this yeah, he's game. Right Enter Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham's not not the same guy he used to. Well, he, so he broke his thumb and he's been inconsistent yeah, because right. of age. I, yes. The Jimmy the Jimmy Graham signing and I'll have this in an article soon. The Jimmy Graham signing set that franchise back in 2018. They, they paid him a three-year contract with way too much money for a guy who has shown for five years, I can't do it still. Right. Well, what, made, what made anybody think he was going to come here and Aaron Rodgers was going to make him the, you know, the 2011 Jimmy Graham? It's just not feasible. So that was their big swing, this free agency, in terms of the offense, and it was a big swing and a miss. So they did say that Rodgers, it, it was, it, they sort of couched it by saying he'll be involved in the process yeah. of a new head coach. They didn't say he's going to pick the new head coach, uh, but they'll say he's been involved, and that's, that's obvious and smart. You, you, you'd be foolish to not involve him somewhere along the line with a guy that you feel like he's comfortable with. I now, got- they're not gonna, I don't think they're going to let Aaron say, who do you want? Maybe they do. Can I? I I'm. 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 I'm not going to mention names, but you, you'll be able to figure this out. So, a, a former NHL GM mm-hmm. told. Well, screw it. I'm just going to say who it was. All right, you know, because it's ancient history. Darcy Regeer, who was when he's GM of the Sabers, and he told me this 
well after, right? So this wasn't while it was going on. And when he had Drury and Breer, who were co-captains on the team, yeah. and they swung a trade to get J.P. Dumont, all right, um, into play with Breer. And he just talked about, wow, all right, we, we, I've got Dumont to play with Breer. That'll be great. And Drury says to him, well, now you got to go get my guy. He goes, all right, who's your guy? He goes, Mike Greer, college teammate, chemistry. He goes, okay, it took him a year and a half or two years to get Greer, and he got Greer for yeah. him. And you look what happened. Yeah. But they were unbelievable Sure, uh, together. So they will, GMs will uh, talk to guys about, you know, especially captains and, and maybe different in football, but I think uh, status matters. And in this case, he – you know the communication saying, "All right, who who do you want now? Hockey, Matt. You know, but a coach, stars can you do stuff. It, can you do you want to find? But I just want to say, you you want to find a guy you can play with. You look at twosomes. Um, you want to play pairs together, and who do you really click with? I man, I click with that guy. Um, I think of Andrew Castles and uh, Jeff. Um, oh God, he played here in Buffalo too. What? Um, Ah, can't think of his last name. But anyways, they were great together, and everybody wondering why wasn't he scoring here in Buffalo because he's not playing with Andrew Castles. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, partnerships so, matter. Yeah. Yes, um, but with a co- but but in a coaching situation. Jeff Sanderson, Mike, by the way. Uh, I I see it. I see it completely backwards. I see it completely opposite. I see I see one hundred and twenty million dollars into Aaron Rodgers, a heck of a lot of wins, a heck of a lot of wins on his own doing. Right, I mean, he is the reason that this offense has clicked. They have not had to deal with this in Green Bay for 30 years. This went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. There was a system there. There was a system there. I, I don't, I don't feel there should be a, a need to change a system around Aaron Rodgers. So if I'm Coach X coming in for an interview, I, I think my first question is, I want to talk to Aaron Rodgers and I want to know what system he needs. Right. And if that's a good fit for me, then let's go. Right, because. I don't. I don't want to leave this on some front office exec, who might not, might know a little bit about football and might mo- know a little bit about Aaron Rodgers' system, but not a lot, not enough to make a perfect match. Because that is the only thing that matters right now. Is something worked? Something stopped happening to make it work? So let's get in a guy here who who can revive what was working. Because this team can't just break it all down. I mean, they're gonna. There's gonna be pieces that are gonna go for sure. There's gonna be cap casualties like we have every year. But this team needs multiple positionals fixed right now multiple positions they need new wide receivers another a younger tight end they need a, a couple of offensive linemen they need anybody who can get to a quarterback and they need an entire uh new set of safeties two to three safeties so you're talking eight legitimate positions that they need draft and free agency they've been a little bit more aggressive in free agency but i'm not sure they have the capital and 40 million to really do a ton in terms of major splashes right now uh they can't just go out and rebuild this team on the fly for Aaron Rodgers. They need to sort of nitpicky do this, and they need a coach that can come in and revive what worked two or three years ago. So you're saying it's going to be someone with a background in Green Bay and a relationship with Aaron Rodgers? I, I, I would think so. I would, I, you know, I, I, I've made notes to myself and, and in articles past that Alex Van Pelt, his quarterback coach for four and a half years, you know, should be back in this organization in some capacity. I don't, it makes he's with he's working with Andy Dalton right now. Right, he's doing the exact same thing he's done with Aaron Rodgers with Andy Dalton. And look at before Dalton got hurt, the numbers were way up. Dalton was throwing 300 yards, you know, every other week. He, his numbers were outstanding, even even though that offense as a whole wasn't clicking. So Alex Van Pelt clearly has 
an ability to connect with quarterbacks and make that turn into production on the field, which a lot of guys can't say they they can do. Well, I I I personally know Alex. I right. used to work with him. He's an ex backup quarterback, a great team guy. Paul, he was uh, a starter in Buffalo. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> we don't that remember was, those, right. that part of his career. So he's the perfect guy. You're right because he gets what that quarterback needs and wants and is thinking. And, Paul, you do know him a little bit. He, he's not a candidate for head coach position, right? I mean, he, does he have that kind of background? At this point, after with, with the way, with the McVeigh success, anybody is a candidate for a head coaching position. They're, they're, what McVeigh has done is blown out that you need to be this, then you need to be a coordinator for three years before we'll think about you as a head coach. Anybody, a, 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 anybody. Why not? Why wouldn't you think Alex could be the head coach there? Isn't a guy who works well with Aaron Rodgers and knows exactly what Aaron Rodgers needs on the field the perfect candidate for this Green Bay team? Yes. I completely agree with you. And I'm putting Alex Van Pelt at the top of this list. Yeah, I think it'd be great. That'd probably be Rodgers' choice, right? Yeah, I would think so. Well, so then we'll find out who makes the decision if that's That's the way it goes. We will. Yeah. You know, Alex Van Pelt, I, I never felt he had an ego. Correct, right? Because he was a backup quarterback. He, he was yeah. a backup quarterback. He understood his role for his entire career. And the amazing thing here's a guy who was unbelievable in college at Pitt. Oh yeah, Incre- I mean, he broke all Marino's records, Man. and it didn't translate in the National Football League. But he was a backup quarterback, knew his role, had had uh, a taste of starting a bit with Buffalo, and went into coaching, which doesn't. Uh, Shock me at all, and yeah, why not Alex Van Pelt? Frank, many thought Frank Reich would never, you know, yeah. be head coach material because he's the same thing, no ego, Back, right? Career backup, yes. Yep. And you know, aside from last, maybe not the best week to talk about Frank Reich. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. But you know what? Here's the, Jackson, here's the bigger picture. I think as the trend in the NFL for head coaches is moved clearly towards offensive guys who can connect with quarterbacks, we could all sit here and start making a list of backup quarterbacks in the last 10 years that are coaching somewhere and go, those guys are going to be your next head coaches. I think, Kevin, you nailed it. It's, it's what is going to get you hired now because everybody's looking for offense. Everybody's looking for a guy who can either take a quarterback and make them better or take my prize first-round draft pick and help develop him. And frankly, nobody can do that better than a guy who has been a quarterback himself. And by the way, I just want to go back to GMs asking star players for mm-hmm. input on players. I, I think they do. They have to do that for two reasons. Number one, it helps in player recruitment because everybody knows everybody now. Hey, how is it there, man? I'll tell you what. He asked my input about bringing you in. So they're, they're in tune with the team. And B... It takes all the excuses away <laughs> from the player. Hey, I got you the guy you wanted, yeah, and you're playing terrible. Yeah, so right. now I'm cutting them. So shut your mouth. We tried it your I, way, right? If it works, if it works, everybody's a genius. If it doesn't work, right. then you can tell I the just player. Think, to, I just to think quiet the transparency down. makes sense, no matter right, no matter the reasoning. I mean, I mean, these sites exist, like mine, that that show you the free agents, right? Right. You can go at any point and see who's going to be available next year, and if you like him or have played with him or know he's worth a damn, yeah, go go to your coach and tell him, I got, you know, we got to get this guy in here next year for a look because I think that would work. It should all exist. I, I imagine it does in most franchises. I imagine there's some sort of fluid conversation happening. I don't know how much up the flagpole it goes. Right. Um, it depends on the ego level of the head coach and the general manager. And trust me, those guys are pretty sizable egos as well, too. I just uh, think... Uh, depends you know, on clout, I think. Yes, yes. I, but I do think, to that, Kevin, I, I, you know, the, 
the comparisons between this Aaron Rodgers situation and what we've seen from LeBron James for a decade are just starting to get closer and closer. These are two just monster players. Now, LeBron has a lot more control over a smaller roster, obviously, whether, you know, not to say he has actual control, but he has control. Let's let's, let's bury that lead. Well, uh, but here's the difference when it comes to coaching in there. Yeah, I I think the play calling and coaching from football aspect is way more impactful than it is in basketball. I mean, what the hell uh, was uh, Tyrone Lue going to tell LeBron James to go do? Like, you know what? No, no, no. Get these guys on the floor with me and just let me go. I don't know how much you've read about the Rodgers situation, but it was pretty similar. I mean, Rodgers was basically just changing calls in the huddle. Oh, was he All the time, consistently. So whatever McCarthy had picked, he was going, I like this better. You know? Yep. That's a bit of a slippery slope as well, too. But again, maybe maybe it, things are different now. Yeah, we'll clearly see. they are. Well, are they different now? Hey, let, let, there were what Boomer Sizen called plays at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, uh, yeah but he didn't go against Kelly, the, he didn't go against Manning. Sam White's play calls. Yeah, you want to know why? Because White is smart enough to know like this guy knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely it's a combination of Rogers is Rogers. Rogers just got paid, so the ego's bigger. Rightfully so. Sure. Right. I mean, he he's got a lot to hold up now, and a lot and a lot to sort of you know, he's got one Super Bowl. This is a this is a mess of a career for him. He's a great quarterback in a great football town, and he's got one Super Bowl to show for it. So he there's a lot of pressure for his next four years, and it was going south from the Carthy. So I, I I think I'll, there's been a lot said about the in season firing. I don't know where you guys stand on that, but I think he the, was the fired before the, the season started. Yeah. He, I don't I have no problem if they extended. were going fi- if they were if they had decided <laughs> well, they were going to fire him, then get rid of him now. What's the sense of well, keeping him around? No, but what I'm saying is. They, uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. does he not? Does he sign that contract without yeah. expressing his saying, "Hey, this goes south to get rid of this guy," right? Yeah, at any no, point. No, he in does time. not. At any point right? in time, yeah, he, he, he's going to have some say in this, and and I just hope there's a little bit more transparency when it, when it comes to adding weapons this February because right. there's going to be, like I said, a, a need in a lot of places, and who knows better than him? And maybe Alex Van Pelt. Can I pick the team for McCarthy? Let's do it. How about the Jets? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. Not the Browns, no Jets, because there's I, a relationship with Dorsey, the GM, and McCarthy from the Green Bay days. I think the Browns are going to land Harbaugh. Well, the Harbaugh is the other one. Yeah, yeah I think the, I think the Harbaugh He's makes got Ohio a lot of roots. Sense there. Yeah, what about um, Urban Meyer. <laughs> I actually think he's done, done, done. Really? I actually think Urban Meyer's done, done. He doesn't look healthy on the sideline. Okay. He, well, he hasn't for a few years for me now, and I think. Uh, does he walk away if the if the controversy from the assistant coach earlier in the year doesn't happen at Ohio State? Urban Meyer? Yeah. He's officially announced he's going to retire. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I know yeah. he has. But I'm saying, does that happen oh. without – Sure. The, I mean, don't let's not – I don't think we're kidding ourselves I, to say that his retirement is also related to some either quid pro quo sure. or understanding that your time is done here. You, you either step away or we're going to have to fire you at some point because you played enough of a role in this going bad that you have to take the hit for it. I I think that's the point I was trying to make is I I actually think he's really not healthy and was considering this no matter what and then obviously that all pushed it pushed it to the forefront but right. I, I do I really do think he's done done and definitely done for the NFL I can't see that trans, transition happening at all yeah if he, well yeah and I think what you mean by you know healthy like I don't need this crap well that right well, he's, <laughs> he's had health brain issues surgery, too, right he's had health <laughs> issues that's, that's why right. he left yeah. Florida so yeah but yeah. in terms of coaches who could jump I, I think, forgot about I that, do but. think Lincoln Riley makes the jump somewhere a lot okay. of people think Green Bay to me that is 
That is a lot to ask. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to work no. with a young rookie. Can you imagine having to start over from, no. from? I mean, no, no, good, goodness, gracious. that does makes no sense yeah, to me. I just, I just, I, I Baker just, Mayfield working with Baker in Cleveland makes much more sense if you're going to do that than than Green Bay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, McCar- we, we do know this. McCarthy's going to be a head coach. Again. No question, and a good one. In He's a, a good coach. Football, football mm. league, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in Green Bay. All right, let's move on to hockey here, mm-hmm. and we'll get to some. Uh, Tweet questions here coming up too, but uh, William Nylander, um, and I I like how you, you know, Andrew Brandt, right? Uh, The deadline spur actions and shocking Nylander signs at the deadline. Forty minutes to go, I think it was. Yes, yeah. Well, they had had enough time to the NHL still faxes. You have to fax stuff in here. God, didn't they learn? Oh my gosh, guys! Like. Let's just you preface can, this, can, by the way. You can for... get a mortgage on your phone, but the NHL still has to Listen, fax. I will tell you, I don't know if I ever told you this. So on tender offer day, right? So, the, the, you know, there's a deadline to tender offers to your uh, draft picks, your restricted free agents, and it all happens at once. And you may, may recall years ago, the yeah, Buffalo. there was a player that they lost because they didn't get it in. in yeah, time. centerman. And why the hell can't I think yeah, of his name? He was a, he, he bounced around the league yeah, for a little was, while. Yeah, Michael little... something or other. Zygamanis. Zygamanis, thank you. Uh, the facts didn't go through in time, or there was a paper I was gonna say, jam. They were out of paper. <laughs> no, there was some. No, seriously, there was some paper oh jam in the fax thing, or something. Something that you'd be like, "How the hell?" And and I was a talk show at the time. Ripped them right. Everybody ripped them for it. And then I saw the process, and I'm like, "I get it now." Like this is this is archaic that they have to oh, fax goodness. these things in. But all the agents wait to the deadline. Yeah. You know, legal contracts that got to be reviewed by the attorney, signed by both parties, faxed into the league office. It's I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is how it's done. So anyways, they had to leave time to make sure yeah. that stuff got through. Anyhow, six years, 45 million bucks yeah. for William Nylander, yeah. which what comes out to 7.5. But it's a little different, let's, isn't it? Yeah, let's, let's just preface real quick. He was a restricted free agent in Toronto. Basically holding out Le'Veon Bell style, right? Didn't right. want didn't want to, you know, he wanted give eight in. million. He right. wanted eight. Uh Toronto wanted to give him about six from what we heard. And uh he held out for what? Three almost three months of the season, two and a half months of the season here. So it was significant. He, the deadline was this past week for him to ha- sign a sign a contract or he had to basically sit out the entire twenty eighteen season. Came down to the last hour as we sort of mentioned right there. Comes out to about seven and a half million per year, except because it's in the middle of the season. Of course, there's some complicated math involved, and it actually benefits Toronto quite a bit. I mean, quite a bit. Yeah, it does. They were able to structure this, basically, instead of being $7.5 million over the length of the contract, which every other hockey contract is going to be, you know, basically just the average of the years divided by the, 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 the value, they, were, they front-loaded this thing. So it's $10.2 million in 2018 in terms of the cap, and then six nine the rest of the way. So a guy who they thought was worth seven five. Is only going to cost six point nine for the next five seasons in Toronto, which is a big deal because they've got a mess coming up here in the next eighteen they, months. Just Austin, a mess. Austin, Ma- well, you've got Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, yeah, both scheduled to be restricted free agents. Two gigantically elite players. Correct. Yeah, and then you also have Jake Gardner, yeah. right? Who's Top uh, UFA, yeah. right? Uh, coming up, and so, so yeah, they did, see they did the smart thing, I think, by getting. This done with Nealander, uh, he's he's a good player. Yeah, and so who are they willing to give up then? Because if you know, well, did, if would you have walked away from Nealander in order to keep the other guys? 
clearly no. Can well, they keep them all, Kevin? I mean, I, I did some research here. I did some breakdowns. I probably they did can, too much. They, they can on if they bridge Marner. Okay. Um, Matthews, you're locking up. Yeah. If if I'm the Maple Leafs, I'm keeping Matthews and Tavares and Nylander as my, my three offensive guys. Um, you've, got, you've got to sign at least Gardner in the back end. I still I think they need another piece back I think the there. rest of their roster is garbage. And... <laughs> There, uh, I want Marner, but you know you, it's tough to pay. It's a little small, small undersized, right? Because you don't want to become the Chicago Blackhawks. Right? Yeah, and that's you actually, where they are, and you actually haven't won. How anything. much? How much of this is we think we can win in the next year or two? So let's go for it, and then we'll worry about it later. Got to be a lot of that is in this, right? Yes, especially since they're at the top of the league right now. So I, I would imagine. Look at Marner; just seems to be the glue, though. That's all I keep hey, thinking. He's when a I heck of a player. He's a heck he of a player. He just seems to be the glue that uh, I spe- he's on the Tavares line right now. I mean, he's the one setting up Johnny Tavares at eleven million dollars a year right now. Is, are you going to take that away from Tavares? I don't think Nylander can be that kind of player, even though statistically those two match. Well, up. here's the thing with the Nealer contract: y- you can move it. Uh, okay, you so can move that this, contract. This is somewhere I wanted to go. So if you know, depending upon what you can get Matthews and Marner for, yes. and you know what they what they did. Tavares, Matthews, Marner could be your three, and you can move Nylander for a defenseman. I'll say this. I did some valuations on these guys last night just, just, just to prep for this because that was what I wanted to have happen. I didn't look at your in, valuations. In my head. Can I, can I tell you what I think yeah, they're, go ahead. they're go worth? Ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Matthews is $10 million. Okay. Easy. Okay. Easy. Uh, you may have to pay him 11 to pay him the same as Tavares. I don't think he can go 12. I, I think that 12 and a half is going to hurt McDavid mm-hmm. I and mean, hurt the Edmonton Oilers, which, boy, that team's... Yep. Mitch Marner, uh, you're paying him more than you're paying Nylander. <laughs> I think I think he's worth more than Nylander. So I would pay Matthews 10. I would pay Marner... Gosh, you probably got to pay him 8. Okay. You got probably got to pay him 8. All right. Here, yeah. So you, you, and the cap's going up to 83. Three. Bettman just announced 83, 83 million. Which so isn't a lot. Up, <laughs> it's not going up a lot. It's $4 million, but they may have the escalator clause uh-huh. to do another 5%, so that could go up to $6 million. Well, you're dead on. I mean, you're okay. dead on. I, I, I put him, the calculations, and then myself personally put him in between Eichel and, and Tavares, so 10.5 for Matthews. Yeah. He's and if he were born a month earlier, he would have been the second. He might have been number one. It would have been interesting between McDavid yeah. and Matthews, which one went number one overall. If they're Eichel the would not have been year? two. Eichel would not have been two. I agree with he that. He would have been three. But Marner, to me, is the, is the interesting one, and you sort of alluded to it. Statistically, between him and Nylander, it's almost identical. It's it's almost identical that the way these two perform in terms of points per game, assists, everything, um, and ice time. So, uh, I'm gonna I put Marner right at the seven five that Nylander actually signed for. Right? I mean, sure. they're not gonna get the cap credit they got with uh, with the Nylander situation, but Marner's worth seven and a half, probably eight with a, with a higher cap, like you discussed. So. I can't see all four of these guys living on this roster. They need help defensively. There's other pieces to this puzzle. You know, in, though they're smaller in terms of dollars, you still got to make it all work on 83 million right now, and that's a that's a lot to ask for Toronto next year. And and I'm not, I'm not even sure we can look three to four years down the road, right? I mean, I mean, are we talking eight year deals for these guys? By the way, because that's a whole nother enchilada that you've heard me complain about about a million times on this podcast. Well, and, and that's where I brought a bridge deal. Like you could do it differently. It doesn't affect the cap though. Doesn't. Well, still got to pay Marner seven and a half or eight, right? Whether yes, it's for two you or it, six. You could well, you could pay him more short term. Could right, two for twenty. Could 
that that hurts your cap though. That hurts your cap. <laughs> that hurts your cap. <laughs> hurts your cap. I, I so I if you're agree. trying to fit this in for t- 19, I, I I do think your, you your wanna... initial point was the right point. I think yeah. I think that they're going to find out over the next five months. You know, when all these guys are on this on the ice together, you know, and they'll be juggling lines to see what they have. I, I think Marner becomes too important to move. I think he is. If he's this important to Tavares, he's definitely this important to Matthews, who is the longer term piece here. And I just think Nylander at six nine at the six point nine million dollar cap hit, that's that's very movable, especially if he's playing to the to the capacity that Marner yeah. can right now. The one thing I'll say about Marner with Tavares, there's a lot of guys who've played great with sure. John Tavares. That's right. So yeah, but it uh, it's the same thing with Jeff Skinner in Buffalo yeah. playing with Eichel, and he's in a contract year. A lot of guys play great with Eichel. That's right. So, and I will say this, by the way, Skinner, Skinner's a name to bring up here in this conversation, because if you're Toronto and you're thinking about this right now, you got to get these deals done before Skinner signs, because Skinner might score 50 goals this year, and if he scores 50 goals, he's going to be overpaid to the to the bone, and you can't have Marner and Matthews being compared to his the production of Jeff Skinner, even though he's a, he's a winger right now. You can't have that. You can't have him raising the bar. Because what's going to happen? In fact, you can't even get yourself to free agency with these guys. No. You can't even let it get there because you know what's going to happen. You've been in this league. There's going to be a team that calls another team and says, we're both going out there and we're going to throw massive offer sheets at these guys. Well, and It's going to happen. If you don't see offer sheets often in the NHL. You don't see players like this, though. That's correct. <laughs> because there's like this gentleman's agreement where, hey, we're not going to screw you. You're not going to screw me. There's been a, a couple of offer sheets. Yeah. That have been done. Thomas Vanek yeah. um, and and Matthews I, is better. I want to say Seth Jones got offer sheeted. Mm, it was a Montreal guy. Might have been Forsberg. Forsberg Vanek. There's been a few for sure, but there's only been a couple. But you have to you have to believe that. But Austin, at least Matthews. Oh my god. Maybe gosh. Marner too, just to drive the price up. Uh, Matthews for sure. For sure, Matthews is worth it. Yeah. You know, if you have to give it five first round draft picks, somebody's so going twelve million on Matthews, right? Just to do it. The Coyotes should. He's yeah. from there. Yeah. So it's it's going to be to the point where if you don't lock him in at 10, 10 and a half, you know, in the next couple of months, somebody's going to do it way higher for you. <laughs> if I'm, you know, it all depends if Austin Matthews wants to play in Toronto. Come on. He's American. Hold on. He's American. Yeah. Um, if he wants to go out west where he's from. Do you think he doesn't like being in Tavares' shadow right now? Is there is there anything to that? Or do you think the relationship works? No, I think works? John Tavares is a hell of a guy yeah, to I play too. with. I do, too. I think, you know, he's in the mecca of hockey, Toronto. It's just crazy to see Austin Matthews as a second-line center right correct. now. Correct. <laughs> well, correct. But I'm just saying, when it comes down to money, if he can get 12, 12 a year from I, another team. I don't think Toronto can can meet him to the $11 million that Tavares gets. But there are a dozen teams that we go over 11. If they want to win, they can't. That's right. They can but then all of a sudden you're Chicago. You're Chicago. And down the you're road. Edmonton, you're Pittsburgh five years later. Right. That's where we are. That's yes. where those teams are. You can do it for a year or two, but, man, it dies quickly. All right. We have some uh, – it's going to be fun to watch to see what they get. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, it's like picking up – it's like a trade getting Nylander in. Yeah. And, uh, for just, Toronto. Just uh, something we'll talk about down the road. The expansion to Seattle is official. Yeah. Um, so the, N- yeah. the NHL is going <laughs> to add another team and, Great. Uh, and, Great. and more, more revenues <laughs> into the league and then more decisions about can Seattle pull off what Vegas did and manipulate the expansion draft to the point that they did. Well, that'll, do that'll you, be a future conversation. Do you think that's going to happen that way again? No way. No way. No way. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Every GM's like, we can't let that happen again. Every GM. That wasn't Las Vegas, and wow, we look terrible. 
uh, because of that. But Vegas did take a lot of crap off their hands in the course of that as well, too. So, you know, if you're out for yourself, it might happen again. All right, a couple of user questions to finish this thing, thing off. We've been all over the place here today, by the way. I like That's this. Good, I like not sticking to one sport. Um, Andre Piper, at Andre Piper 89. Is that uh, Roddy Piper's kid? It, well, let's just say it is. It's good, one of my it's good favorite, TV. By the way, it's one of my favorite all-time in-studio interviews, Roddy Roddy Piper. Really? Oh, my gosh. He was awesome. Nice. Had him for a full Wait, in hour. In what capacity did you interview him? Uh, morning radio show. Nice. Yeah, and then after, real quick, after the show, my co-host, Bob, gone who you know, Paul, we're, we're taking a picture, which, damn, if I wish I had the photo, right? This is this is so long ago, like, cameras were not on cell phones uh, for the most part. <laughs> and so it was taken with a regular camera. But anyways, Bobby goes to Roddy Piper. He says, hey, Roddy, why don't you give me a chop? You know, the chops you used to do. He's like, ah, no, Bobby, no, I, no, no, I want to do it, Bobby. I'm shaking my head like Piper. He's like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, he just hauls off and whacks really? Bob. <laughs> like, unexpecting, Bob just goes, <gasps> Could you hear it through the radio? Because that's the best it part. It wasn't even on the radio. It was oh. just off, like we're just taking a photo, right? He's like, nah, Bobby, nah, Bobby. Bam! And hammers him right across the chest with a backhand chop. And you could hear it go <laughs> like that. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, Piper's question. Andre Roddy Roddy Piper. Uh, here For you guys, I'm going to let you guys take this. Who will be the next quarterback to get paid more money than Aaron Rodgers? Who's next? Who? Uh, that's a good question. Um... Goff, Wentz would yeah. be two guys that jump to mind. Uh, I'm trying to think of you know young up and coming quarterbacks who are not who haven't been paid yet. Um, you think Goff gets thirty million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. not? They're they're, they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Why not? Um, I, I wonder. I, I wonder how the Rams handle the quarterback position. You think because McVay's so smart yeah. that he'll fi- think it's interchangeable? I. I I am starting to lean in that direction. I'm starting to lean that every single position on that offense is interchangeable outside of the offensive line. Uh, I'm going to say Pat Mahomes. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to jump in with a little a guy earlier than that. I think it's going to be Russell Wilson. I was well, he's been paid it. once already, but you think in the net he'll get paid? He's having a great year. He's doing so much more than people understand what he's doing. He, that team was gutted. That team was absolutely d- destroyed over the last two years in terms of the roster. Uh, and he has put them on their back. He's established a running game just because of his his, his They lead the NFL presence. in rushing. They're going to make the playoffs, which is unfathomable. Right. I, they, yeah. were, they were a two- to three-win team for me coming into this year. So I, it, he's done everything he's they've, they've asked him to do and more. Uh, I'm not sure. I, how do you let him go at this point? I mean, we, t- three weeks ago on this podcast, yeah, I said I, I was trading into the them, Giants. Yeah, yeah right. so which any team would be, you know, a, a blessing to have him right now. But he, look, at he's going to get $30 million plus. I'm not sure he exceeds Rodgers in terms of the guarantees What's and all that. What's the time frame? It's when good. does he need to get that? Next year is his last year of the contract. Okay. So it, you're going to hear it this So it'll this come January. up before Goff and Wentz then. It's, it's going to come up in the next two, three months here. All right. Um, and, and especially and if Holmes he, is still, you know, still three years away of, from needing a new deal well, too. I'll say this. Uh, you know, Joe Flacco lovers out there, if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan right now, you better hope you don't win the Super Bowl. Because if he wins the Super Bowl with this team Ooh. and he needs money, good gracious, you're going to be talking major, but major money. As we learned last week in the podcast, he's in a non-state income tax state. That's right. In Washington. That's the one we didn't know. Yeah, we, we didn't did not know, know Washington. So he's fine. He's not leaving. He doesn't nope. need $30 million, so he'll get paid he's less. He's not going to New York. No. Why Pat Shermer's Giants. Are you kidding me? That no would way. be foolish. He, uh, likes, he likes rain in Starbucks. He's staying in Seattle. <laughs> Fish. Salmon. Big salmon guy. Salmon. 
All right, ready? Let's do this. Let's let's stay on this track with football. And the next question is from Taylor Holmes. Is the next CBA going to get us closer to guaranteed contracts in the NFL? Boy, I, I think the, the, the owners are going to push back hard on it. The players are going to push hard on their end as well, too. It's just the nature of the sport and its higher rate of injury that means the NFL owners are not going to be on, want to be on the hook for guys who aren't going to be able to play anymore. That's why I think there'll be a percentage guaranteed, but not the entire contract okay. guaranteed. I could see 20, that'll be your compromise. A, a minimum. I could see yeah, twenty percent guaranteed of any contract signed or twenty five percent no guaranteed, meaning minimum guaranteed. Yeah, minimum has, guar- has to be at least twenty percent. Yeah, I'd say minimum guarantee. Never, a, never fully guaranteed. Uh, uh, We're never going to. That get seems there. to be a trade. That seems to be a trade off uh, to me. To you know. Uh, Right now, you could take the guaranteed money. Well, build in the guaranteed money. So if I, if I were owner, I'd want to guarantee part of that salary instead of having to keep throwing money right at the beginning out. Well, I block. think, Paul, Paul, you hit the head, you know, the nail on the head there. There's two names we have to bring up here, right? Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who, mm-hmm. Whose team is barely in the playoffs right now. I'm, I, I'm not sure they're going to make it. Right. And statistically, he's not much better than Case Keenum. Nope. By any degree, we, and you're we talking. All say that, saw that you're coming. Two million guaranteed versus eighty-four million guaranteed. Yep. So, and then Alex Smith. Alex Smith, right? That's the other end of the spectrum, right? Right. Tons of guaranteed. Boy, how and, and to give up a starting quarterback? How to get him. Trouble are the Redskins in right now? There's they're a, in a playoff a spot lot of right now. To ask that question. They're in <laughs> big, big trouble. Tell me, you weren't rooting for Mark Sanchez, though. Yeah, Seriously, I have no reason on. not to root for Mark Sanchez. I'm, I'm rooting for Adrian Peterson on that team right now. There is no, there is no better story right now in football than Adrian Peterson. That that is fun. This guy is a mid thirties guy, and he outran, he outran everybody on that yeah. ninety yard touchdown I yesterday. Know. He outran everybody. That's fun. He needs to get with the times though when it comes to child discipline. Yeah, well, well, you can leave that out of this conversation. Okay. <laughs> he's making a million dollars, and he's worth every dollar of it right now. Yeah, that that, that run was incredible. It's incredible yeah. that he's able to pull away at that age. Hall of Famer. He's yeah. a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Highest earning running back of all time, $99.2 million. Really? Highest earning of all time. Wow. All right, you got one more? Who's second, by the way? Second in, in the earnings running back of all looked, time. I haven't looked in a bit. I didn't mean to put you on the I spot. I believe it, it was Edger and James for a long time. Really? It might be Lynch now. It might be Marshawn Lynch. Hmm. How about Frank Gore? I'm going to look right. Oh, it is Gore. Hold on. It's got to be Gore. I'm bringing it up. We yeah, got just because of we longevity. longevity. We got right. Just because of longevity. Frank Gore, that's, all, that's also remarkable. The fact. Yes. Just, <laughs> just as just, remarkable. Right? I mean, what is he, 34 years old? Great. It is. Uh, that is remarkable. Frank Gore, number Frank two. Gore. Okay. 60 million. He's 39 million behind Adrian <laughs> wow. Peterson. And then, he's never. He's always been really, really good, but never quote unquote great. Yes. I know. He had some great years with the Niners and the Colts. Crazy. Crazy. All right, you got one more question left, Miami, or, or are we done for the day here? Real, real quick, Dolphins fans, stay with those throwback uniforms. Love, yes. So much love, better love, than love yep. the new flipper. Last question. Who will be the first major MLB free agent to fall? Who gets signed first? Sounds like Corbin has been talking to people. Harper really hasn't gotten involved yet, even though it's You feel like everybody's like, waiting for Harper, don't you? I mean, doesn't I, Harper I would, set the market? I would think in terms of the position players, yeah, people are probably going to wait to see. But but is Harper waiting for somebody else? Probably. Right? <laughs> Isn't it yin and yang with Scott Boris? Right, probably. Um, I do think Corbin probably locks in with the Yankees in the next day I was going to say it would be the third baseman from the Brewers there. Uh, 
Moose? Moose. Moose? Moose. Going out there on Moose? I'm going Moose. I mean, the Braves did lock in Donaldson. That's a pretty big piece. That's a pretty good get for them in terms of a one-year deal with, the, with their new starting third baseman. Uh, I, I do think Patrick Corbin is a Yankee by the end of this week, though, and that is uh, scary times for the American League. When do you think Harper signs? It's going to be late, right? Yes, it's, it's going to be calculated. There's going to be some pomp and circumstance to it. I think mid, especially if it's the Dodgers. Man, do you, did you hear the Dodgers are involved now? Are they really? Magic, Magic wow. wants some some Harper. Magic wow. wants him some Harper. I, huh. I can't even. Fathom. West Coast, the West Met, Coast guy too. Vegas guy. So the Mets should just fold it in at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just the round back in a form here. All right. <laughs> some, Good Some stuff. Go- yeah. I like I like hitting on all kinds of different sports. A mm-hmm. lot of it is dictated by the news of the week, but that's what's fun about all this. And and it was cool. We 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 spent a lot of time talking baseball, football, hockey. Yeah, let's talk Warriors cool. soon, guys. By the way, because uh, it's getting fun. It's oh, getting Golden ugly. State, right? It's getting yeah. ugly in ugly Golden fun. State. Yeah, I thought ugly you want to talk about the basketball team I coach. We are the Warriors. No, no, the yeah. one not, that matters. Not until you can start making laps. Well, I'm not playing, but yes. Hey, listen, def- coaching. We, we are, we are, layups. we are the exact opposite of the Golden State Warriors. We are a defensive shutdown team. <laughs> Seriously, the problem was we also shut ourselves he, down. I think he needs an analytics too. department, Mike. That's like that's like the kid in gym who could run really fast, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's what that is. We're not that team either. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> but we're three and one, which is great. All right, that's going to do it for the SpotTrack.com podcast. Couple things: uh, make sure you check out the premium section, ad-free experience, and even more goodies. Uh, Total Sum Podcast and more uh, from Mike uh, for premium experience. Uh, subscribe to that on SpotTrack.com. Make sure you give us a rating on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else that you listen to this podcast. Tell your friends about this podcast, too. I, I saw uh, Richard Deitch, uh, who does a, a media column, say, hey, uh, what are the best podcasts, uh, sports podcasts you listen to out there? None of you. None of you, or my point at you two, none of you tweeted back at him. All right? So uh, let him and let everybody else know about this podcast. Uh, we talk about the, the contracts in sports and uh, drip our opinions in there, too. All right. With that said, everybody have a great week. We will talk to you next week. For Mike Giannetti, the founder of SpotTrack.com, and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast.